This is the Loud Pedal Podcast with Chris Stubbs and Lee Holdsworth. Well, what a weird and wacky couple of weeks it has been in supercars as it has been for much of the year in motorsport across the globe. Hello and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to Lee Holdsworth who joins us from Darwin. It was SeaWorld last time. Now it's in Darwin. He's been chasing crocs. He's been fishing, doing all sorts of things. How are you, mate? Yeah, not bad. This ISO stuff isn't too bad, is it? I would have been alarmed if you agree with yeah, you on yeah, that one, would you? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, for sure. We feel for everyone down in Vicky and everyone else that's uh, that's sitting at home and you know locked up. But yeah, we're we're making the most of it up here and having a bit of a good time. So um, yeah, well, just looking forward to some racing now. Yeah, every cloud has a silver lining, mate. Uh, coming up later on the show, we'll catch up with Anton De Pasquale and see how his year has unfolded and what COVID means for him and his future, of course, off contract at the end of the year. But for now, it's a bit of a State of the Union address with a long-time listener, first-time caller, the head of motorsport at Supercars, Adrian Burgess. How are you, sir? Yeah, good stuff, Z. It's a bit of a uh, fanfare you just brought me in on there. I don't know how I'm going to keep up with that. But <laughs> yeah, up, here in Darwin with, uh, up here in Darwin with Lee, so uh, yeah, just looking forward to going racing. Who paid the bill last night for dinner between you two? Well, it wasn't Lee, was it? It's a racing no. game. <laughs> <laughs> I thought really I that one on the show, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought Truck Assist might have jumped in. There's a plug, Lee, and covered the bill. Hey, yeah, yeah. Maybe now. Maybe now. It's nice <laughs> they will. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Hey, Adrian, I guess, first of all, how's the last 10 days or so been for you? I imagine you've been a busy boy. Uh, yeah, it's been busy, but uh, look, this is what we do. You know, we're we're incredibly grateful for the support we're getting, not only from the Victorian teams, but uh, you know, now the Queensland teams are on the road. And uh, look, these are strange times, and they and they call for strange and drastic measures. Um, it's been tough on everyone. We're certainly not uh, downplaying it, but you know, I think the first and the biggest shout we've got to send out is to all the families and uh, girlfriends and partners and kids back in Victoria that are missing their families. So. With that in the back of your mind, it's, um, it has been quite hard. And I've got to admit, it was a bit of an emotional moment on Friday night or Friday afternoon when we realised we got everybody out of ISO because the, the stress levels were fairly high. Um, at least now the people up here are able to have a... They've had a good chilled weekend and an easy um, week this week leading into the first event of the weekend. So it's been busy. And Adrian, how do you, uh, how do you feel everyone's going with being away for so long, especially the, the Victorian guys, how, how's everyone coping? Look, the troops on the ground here have been incredible. Uh, the guys are enjoying it. I think as much as you can do when you know you've got your partners at home. So it's a, a bit of a double-edged sword for those guys. I remember doing a similar thing in Formula One when you're on the road for six weeks and you're trying to fill in your days and do something fun on a day off, but then you pick the phone up to your partner and you're you know, you're trying to downplay it because you know they're suffering at home without you. So it's it's a it is an emotional roller coaster for these guys. But you know, we're trying to take the stress out of everything we can at supercars in, in what the teams are dealing with, just to make the guys on the road that that little bit easier for them. But it, it's the challenging times, I've got to say. Adrian, can you explain to us what what happened with with Darwin in in terms of? The Northern Territory government, obviously, there's a lot, a lot going on, a lot of people involved. But the postponement, what, what was the actual issue? And, and it seemed like one minute it was on, one minute it was off. At least externally, that was what we were all hearing, that the flight's leaving now, no now it's tomorrow. It was an evolving beast, a difficult situation. It, it was incredibly difficult. Um, 
and it was difficult for Shane and I in terms that we couldn't communicate everything directly to the teams. We were obviously in constant dialogue with the event promoter up here, Tim and his team and uh, Hugh and the health department. So we were, you know, we, we were being given smoke signals. So they can't actually say to us what's going on because, you know, clearly they just can't tell us. So we're trying to read between the lines and um, when Northern Territory shut down, you know, Logan, Ipswich and Brisbane South Metro, it, it impacted a lot of people. And, um, and at the time the intel was, we need to get you there as quick as we can and get you out of Queensland in case Queensland, uh, you know, develops the wrong way. So to protect the event, we wanted to get all the operational and the key operational people out of Queensland into Northern Territory. And if we needed to do some isolation for a few days, that was probably the better outcome than just sitting there not knowing what, what was in front of us and putting the event at risk. So whilst people might have uh, criticised what we did, you know, the delays were, were only a function of what the intel we were getting from the Northern Territory. And clearly we did not, we never once would have even considered putting people on a plane if we knew they were going into 14 days hard ISO that, that uh, other people get. So we were trying to negotiate, having our own um, little micro bubble here at the hotel we're in. Uh, we knew some people, depending where they'd been in the previous 14 days, would have to have some sort of isolation. So we're trying to juggle all the logistics around that, trying to protect the event, trying to do the right thing by the people. Um, it was very stressful, I must admit, but uh, luckily Queensland has been doing the right thing. You know, they've had sort of four or five zero case days on the trot and that definitely helped us. Um, but like, you know, I think we'll all agree, we're all racers, we want to get on with it, we want to go racing. And I think supercars has shown that it's the only motorsport category in Australia that can do that. And we can only do that with the support of the teams, the broadcaster and, uh, and the families. So it's been, yeah, it's yeah, interesting <laughs> last week, I must admit. Yeah, I've got to commend you, you Adrian, on what you've done and, and your crew, because I think you guys have been very good in communicating with all of us. We've always, we've all felt like we know where we're at as, as well as we could, you know, as we knew as much as you guys. Now we're racing four weeks on the trot. Um, so yeah, she's going to be a, a pretty hard time for the crews and, um, the turnaround in between Darwin and Townsville is now seriously short. So how do you reckon we'll go about that and how, how are the team's going to cope with that short turnaround? It, again, it's uh, it's a tricky one. I mean, the first thing is we've got to hope that we have a repeat of what we had in Sydney and some, some fantastic door to door clean racing. Um, that's uh, that's sort of one box we want to be able to tick, but that's in your hands. Um, if we can get through the event and everyone's in a good position, then it's going to be a tough, uh, tough position, really. I mean, TV are, are going to be up against it. Uh, in Townsville is normally a six-day build for those guys to be ready for broadcast. So to get them out of here, get them over to Townsville, which is normally a two-day drive anyway, and then get them rigged and ready to go. There's a lot of logistics going on in the background. My, my team are frantically trying to pull charters together so we can get the teams over to direct to Townsville and at the best price as well. You know, we're all doing this, you know, struggling. We're struggling for sponsors. The series is in a similar position. We're having to change the calendar, you know, by the day. So, you know, cost is always a thing, but we've got to keep the show going and, and the true Aussie grit, I think, you know, to coin one of Mark's phrases will come out and it has done to this point. Everyone's just 
getting behind the wheel and putting their shoulder in and, and putting in more than you'd expect they could be possible of them in these situations. So it's, it is quite humbling and it's reassuring to see it. And it's nice to see people getting together and, and trying to just, you know, not moaning about the situation, but just getting on and putting in a hard yard. So it'll be a challenge, but, you know, we'd like a challenge and it'll be something we'll uh, do the best we can to turn up in Townsville in two weeks and put on another good show there. Adrian, why couldn't we do a midweek race in Darwin? Was it just not even a, a viable option in the end? We, we obviously looked at every opportunity. Um, the nature, the, the trucks arrived very late. They got held up at the border for a couple of days. So those guys were laid into town. So last weekend quickly became uh, a no-go. Um, and we basically had people in isolation until Friday evening anyway. Uh, and then we did look at this week and we looked at midweek next week, but it, it's not as straightforward as just going and doing what we think is right. You know, it's, these are complicated things for the broadcasters and not only the broadcast, but equally the events team on the ground up here in, in Northern Territory. They've got other events going on and you've got to get the police, you've got to get the medical services, you, we've got to get the marshals and scrutineers and all the volunteers that we uh, we need to put on our events. We've got to get those guys in. Yeah, we, we kept delaying them as we knew the events were going to be uh, postponed. So it's not something you can just quickly pull together. We obviously looked, but uh, it just wasn't feasible in the end. Tell us about the tyre format. I think people are doing their heads in talking about tyres. It's been bubbling along for, for a while now. We're going ahead with hard and soft for number one in Darwin and then just off for number two. Correct me if I'm wrong anywhere along the way. What, what's the thought process behind how you're coming up with the tyre formats at the moment? Look, look, at the very start of the whole process when we were just trying to put together our return to racing plans, um, we, we acknowledged and, and all the teams acknowledged and all agreed that we need to try and introduce a bit more variability into the racing and the outcomes. It'd be good for you know, all the teams to try and get some more exposure. Um, everyone's doing it tough. Everyone's trying to keep sponsors held down and renew them for next year. And yeah, so it's it's a real tricky one because you don't you don't want to come across as fake and artificial racing. Um, you know, we we considered reverse grid races, different tyre formats. So we ended up when we cancelled um, or when New Zealand was um, postponed, we I had a, a good quantity of hard tyres that were allocated to that event. So we quickly thought, okay, well, we can mix these, feed these in to normal events where we would just be on one compound. We can try and add some more strategy into the race and, you know, give us the opportunity to have more leaders of the race, more, you know, overtaking different podium um, place getters. So we, we agreed on certain events that we would trial it. Um, it's since been that we've ended up doing a double headers at those circuits. So then we've said, okay, We'll do one weekend as a mixed tyre format and then we'll back it up the following weekend with a, you know, all, all soft, for example. And then we'll sit back, look at the numbers, see what it's done from a pure numerical um, stance, you know, unique leaders, overtakes for the lead, overtakes in a pit lane, overtakes on the circuit, top 10, top 20. We analyse all these numbers and whilst we've all been on the road, I've got to admit, I haven't sat down and fully digested SMP. Because I think SMP, you looked at the product on the TV and it was incredible. The racing was 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 incredible. So you look at that on one hand. Equally, you've got you know you've got the purists and you've got the racer who just wants to go racing and the quickest guy should win. Um, those guys still do win. You know, Scotty Mack still won the round in SMP. But you were seeing battles all through the field and you know four cars 
on that last lap of the last race in SMP fighting for the lead was incredible to see it. So I think this year we've just got to look at this as a year that we're going to try stuff. Now we might keep some of it, we might keep none of it, but let's experiment now while we're in these uncertain times and we're working a little bit, you know, off the cuff and just responding week in, week out to what the situation we've got. And then we'll get to the end of the year and we'll look at it in far more detail and, and consult all the people we need to consult and then draw out of it some of the positives for next year. We might agree we didn't like it. We might agree we did like it. So we've got the time to experiment, and I, th I suppose that's what we're doing, really. Yeah, I think it's a good time to be experimenting. I think it's, it's definitely working, in my opinion, as well. You know, there's been mix, mixed opinions, like you said. Um, some, you know, a lot of positive, um, some negative. But I think, generally, I think we're probably even picking up a new market, you know, people scan across the channels and, and if they see passing, they're going to stay on the channel and, um, and they're the ones that we're picking up as, as the extras, the hardcore racing fans will, will always watch, I think. Um, so I think it's been a good thing for the sport. And, and like Adrian said, I think, you know, sponsors need some love at the moment and it's doing that for the sport. Um, but yeah, so I think it's a good thing. And, and to trial these things, I think a series was, was a good little, uh, a good little trial for us to mix things up. And I think we've got a bit out of that. I, I don't know whether Adrian, you've, you guys have taken a bit from that, from the E series and the formats that we ran. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I watched them like everybody else in the country. I was missing my racing fix uh, as well. I thought there was, it was fantastic, fantastic to keep the sport in the limelight. And again, give all the, the teams, the drivers, the sponsors, especially some exposure, but going back to our series at the moment, we, whilst the racing is, it has been exciting. We've got to be careful we don't overcomplicate it where the layman can't actually keep up with what's going on. So the, that's where we've got to probably get the balancing act. Um, because if someone turns the TV on and they see a driver leading that you've never heard of before, I'm not going to name anyone because it's not fair. But if you, you know, so you've got to be careful you don't switch people off because we have made it too artificial. So it's hard, it's entertainment. We, again, we, sometimes we come back to this, we've got to remember we're putting on a show. Um, maybe we need to make more emphasis on the round winner and acknowledge you because know, you can put your eggs in one basket for one race and you're, you know, you're average in the next couple, but you're doing that because that's how you see yourself getting the most amount of points over a weekend. And we're in that situation where you've got drivers. Some drivers have got different objectives and some teams different objectives. You're either fighting for a championship or you know you're not in that race. So you're going for some individual glory to get some airtime and exposure for your branding and your sponsors. So no one's right, no one's wrong. It's it's a little bit different to what we've all been doing. So we've just got to be careful. We don't make any knee-jerk reactions. Let's carry on experimenting, get ourselves the end of the year. And then we'll uh, hopefully next year we're back to a, you know, what we used to think was normal where you can produce a rule book at the start of the year and everyone knows what you're playing with at every event from word go. But at the moment, you know, I don't even know what we're doing in Townsville. Now I do, but, you know, I'm just generalising. What it's, is it? Yeah. What other formats? What other tyres? No, I can't say because I want to get back on here next week. <laughs> I'll hold you that. So, no, so, so Townsville, we're locked in. We, Townsville's got a fair amount of degradation already, and it's very hard on the on the rear tyres and the and the, the left front. So we're going to stick with softs. That that event was always down as a, a soft only. So we'll do soft only for both events there. And Adrian, where to after Townsville? I look. You know, it's a million dollar question. Um, I wish I knew at the moment. There's there's plenty of uh, 
discussions going on with the teams and the broadcasters. And uh, come on, Adrian, not. it's QR, isn't it? My sources tell me QR is pretty much locked and loaded. Oh, I mean, yeah, you, you telling me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, discussions are going on. You know, it's it's not as straightforward as you know. Someone might say, well, that seems logical, but it's it's not always that's easy. You're dealing with governments. You're dealing with tourism. You know, um, and you're dealing with broadcasters. So it's discussions are ongoing, and I'm sure hopefully we'll all know soon. But you know, we've got to try as much as it's hard on the Victorian teams, and um, we've got to try and keep the show rolling while we can. Um, we're lucky. I think we've got great teams and great support to try and keep that going. But it, it's not easy. We've got to we've got to understand and be aware of the physical and emotional and mental. Um, impact this is having on everybody within the category so uh, we're not going to come out with any rash statements um, you know and we've got to be careful what we say in the media as well when families and things deserve to find out from their partners before they're reading it in the media so you know everything will be announced in the in, in the right time frame and look it's all ongoing we're not sure yet can i ask then is qr capable of holding supercars racing given the fia standards and motorsport australia certification etc I don't think it takes them long to um, put the improvements into the circuit to get the necessary licensing. That's what they normally do. It's um, the fixes that they need for the license. They they bring them in, take them out. It's more around safety fencing and tire barriers. So if we went there, then we wouldn't go there if the circuit wasn't safe. That's a that's a given. But um, I'm sure they could be ready if we needed them to be. What's the plan for Bathurst? I mean, the co-drivers obviously need to get there. And at this stage, what would be the plan for the co-drivers? And, and would they have some, some extra practice before we actually get to that event? Look, it, again, we haven't, we haven't made any decisions yet. <laughs> it's too no, far no, ahead. I, I spoke, it's just too far ahead. And at the moment, we're, you know, we're not, not going to say we're guilty of looking short-term, but we're being forced to look and plan short-term. Obviously, we've still got an eye on, on the rest of the year, and we're, you know, there's certain things that need time and preparation to make the correct decision we're we're applying that time you know and consideration when we need to we've discussed co-drivers um i'm doing a bit of an audit at the moment of where they all live where they've all got to come from so we we are starting to to work out how we can give those guys enough track time before we put them on circuit so there might be an added co-driver session uh, at an event or two coming up we could give them more track time at bathurst um, we equally you know, we've just got to be careful what we do at Bathurst. We can't just layer in another couple of hours of running because then that's more cost and, and work for the teams to keep the cars, you know, reliable and, and ready for the race. This is, you know, this is all hard for the teams. They're servicing cars, engines, gearboxes, uprights and everything while they're on the road. They're not in their factories, obviously. So, the, you know, we, we've got to be conscious of preparation, car prep. We don't want people retiring from the biggest race of the year because, you know, we're pushing the system too hard. But... Clearly, we, we will um, try and do what we can to make sure the co-drivers are prepared as, as good as they can be. Lee, how do you feel about the thought of being on the road all the way through to, to Bathurst? We know that we have to get the racing out. We have to get it as potentially as compacted as possible so you can get home and we can meet all the requirements that we need to to stage this championship and, and, and have a crowned winner. But for you to be away all the way until Bathurst, how would that sit? Uh, well, it's it's sort of, it's a mixed feeling because, you know, obviously you want to get home at some point, but 
and everyone wants to go and see their family and girlfriends and wives and everything like that and um and friends and uh, so i feel like it's it's quite it's it's hard um for probably more so for the crews because i was actually very fortunate that that i was able to get alana and the kids out of melbourne when i did um they came up with me straight away so for me it's not so much of a drama um but you know looking from the sports point of view and and simply at looking at keeping a job and all of us keeping a job and and all of us keeping the sport alive uh, we've got to be prepared to to sacrifice a little bit and and to push through some hard times to to pump out a championship i think um and uh but you know there's only so long you can do that so um i, I suppose that's the balancing act at the moment and um yeah I, I think you know if we could push through another i don't know six seven weeks then um i think then it would be time to go home and everyone get back to their families and friends you agree with that adrian you'd be happy with bathurst as a finale in a year such as this look i'd echo everything lee's saying it's it's incredibly difficult and you can't really understand it or appreciate it until you're in that position and I mean, I don't, I mean, I appreciate it and I understand it, but I've not been on the road as long as the Victorian guys, but I, you know, my, I think don't have to be Einstein to work it out. It's tough. So we've just got to be very careful. We don't burn people out. We don't create bigger problems down the road for people, but equally we, we, we do, you know, we need to get Bathurst away for sure. Um, what comes after that, if anything, who knows, you know, it's, again, it's, it's a little bit too far down the road for us to predict anything or commit to anything or say anything. Um, I think at the moment we just focused on getting here to Bathurst um, in, in as good a shape as we can and protecting as many people as we can and doing everything we can to get those guys along uh, on the journey. You know, those guys aren't earning crazy money. You know, Those guys are here because they love being here um, and they're racist, but equally to a point to, to Lee's comment, they're here because they want a job. And we all want a job. So as much as it, it can't be your foremost thought or opinion, we're all conscious of, you know, our own ecosystems, our own families at home. So it's a really, it's a real mixed bag of emotions that everybody's dealing with. Um, but yeah, it's a horrible saying now. I don't like saying it, but we are all in it together and we all got to support each other through it. Um, and hopefully, uh, you know, we, 2021 is different to 20. <laughs> so, do do you it. think, Adrian, do you think, what do you think it's done for the sport? Do you think it's, it's made the sport stronger in terms of as a community? Oh, look, on some days, I definitely agree, but, um, you know, <laughs> I'm subjected to a little bit of the politics that goes on. Yeah. yeah on, on one hand, it's great. You've seen people dig in, but, uh, you know, you're all racist. People are, are still, um, you know, fighting their own corner, and that's what they're meant to do. It's a competition. It's not a, you know, it's not a prize giving. You know, not everyone walks away with a prize, so it's a competition at the end of the day. And that's why we love going door to door. And you know, you guys strap your helmets on, you're still pushing, and you're still taking every uh, inch of road. So, you know, we've got to keep that intact. You know, we're not going to just turn into a bunch of pussies. We've got to go on and fight. So, but overall, the sport is coming together. It is good seeing teams. Um, you know, take a different opinion on some of the calls being made. You know, there's no point arcing up and and pushing back against the system because they, 
you know, it's nice to see those guys and hear some of the teams are under, you know, appreciating and understanding some of the work that other people in a paddock are putting in. But it's it's not always that you get to see what everybody else is doing. But while we've all been on the road, I think we're all understanding what supercars do, what TV do, what the teams do, what the event organisers do, you know, Motorsport Australia, all the volunteers. You know, this isn't easy for the volunteers coming to the races either. Some of those guys are on JobKeeper and are not earning. And then you, you know, you want to come to the track and stand at the side of a track for three days. Um, it's not easy for those guys either. So I think we just got to be appreciative of everyone, thankful for the efforts that everyone's putting in. Get ourselves to the end of the year. Hopefully, there's a control alt delete moment and this shit goes away somewhere and we can just turn our life back to normal. Or someone, you know, or we've all got to get used to what the new normal is. You know, is this stuff here forever? So is it something we just got to learn how to deal with? I don't know. It's, I don't think anyone wants to sit and think about that yet. Yeah. We'll be focused on the now. Adrian, I assume just quickly, there hasn't been any wildcard applications for Bathurst. I would, I would think, given the economic climate, that's probably unlikely. No, that's unlikely. We, we at the start of the year, there was uh, an application to do a couple of the sprint rounds, but uh, that the just logistically for the teams, it's not viable this year. So um, no, at the moment, it will just be the twenty-four cars. Yeah. And what about uh, COVID? With the numbers in in Sydney, in particular. Uh, the fear of the spread through New South Wales. Have you looked at hub situations or bubbles around Bathurst to protect that event, given it's, it's standing in our sport? Um, I'm not going to say it's not been looked at or not thought of. The problem is this situation, as you know, it changes daily mm. and your plans change daily. I mean, what we have sort of established in South East Queensland is a bit of a hub there. You know, Lee and his guys were at SeaWorld and, you know, we had people at Norwell, people at Movie World. We had teams uh, in that southeast Queensland sort of corridor around the Gold Coast and south of Brisbane. And in that area, we've got everything we need. You know, we had one team's engines in, in our engine facility and we, we needed to open the door to them. It's not something we normally do, but we needed to do it because we needed to keep them on the road. And um, we needed to sort of give them that assistance. So everyone has been helping each other there. And that's not a bad area for us to be. We've, we've got paint shops there. We've got machine shops. We've got fabricators. You've got engine builders. You've got uh, three big teams there. So, you know, Tickford, for us, example, can get their uprights and things surfaced, serviced up the road at Penske. So th that is not a bad little hub for us. How we transition from that into Bathurst is still it's still a while away. And it's obviously, we yeah, we looked at when we need to look at it. We don't know what the we don't know what Sydney's gonna be doing yeah. at that point. So getting in and out of New South Wales from Queensland could be completely different in three weeks' time than it is today. So and this is the problem that we're all experiencing. We're trying to just stay in front of the issue as much as we can. You know, we you know, the guys all left Victoria in a rush, you know, in like six hours to get out. And then we sort of did a similar thing trying to get out of Queensland last week, and now we're in Northern Territory and Queensland's fine again but you don't know how long it's going to be fine and you can't really guarantee anything in this life at the moment, um, apart from death and taxes. So we just got to try and stay on the road and stay in front of this thing. 2021, just Commodores and Holdens will be on, on the grid as, as expected. Yep. Yep. And then yep. Gen, Gen 3, John Casey obviously is, is steering that uh, project. Let's talk about adjustable wheelbase lengths and what, what's the overall aim? What, what are you trying to to achieve there? Is there a particular magic price tag that you want to 
you want to reach given the cost cutting that we need to achieve? Yeah, well, there's, you know, as every introduction of a new car from, you know, uh, going to car of the future was a similar thing. Coming to Gen 3 is another thing. There's a whole list of things we want to try and achieve. Now, do you tick every box? You don't know. Uh, one of the big ones at the moment, um, the chassis, our current chassis is, is too tall. It's designed around a four-door saloon. That's the the industry and the market is going away from those sort of cars. They're going more halo cars, Mustangs, Camaros, things like this. So one, one of the things we are trying to achieve is a lower... Uh, roll hoop which you know at the moment i think we're going to be about 100 mil lower um we're gonna we're gonna endeavor to make the car you know cheaper to buy cheaper to operate um and a little bit more controlled than we have been one of the big one of the big issues for teams is the amount of design resource they need manufacturing resource they need because they're constantly able to tweak and adjust you know, a roll bar or any one, any particular part of the car. So we've got to probably take away some of those expenses out of the operating costs. So the car will be a lot more generic and everyone's got the same. Um, engines are clearly a, an expensive part mm. at the moment. Um, you've got five different engine builders all trying to do the same thing, but they do it differently. So the rule book is very complex and takes a resource and time and energy from my side to manage those things. So we've got to simplify a lot of it. So, Overall, you know, we're going to just dumb the car down a little bit, but make it open again and more relevant, easier for people to come in. If a manufacturer wants to come in and he doesn't have an engine, then we can look after that for them, you know, vice versa. You know, we'll probably remove some more downforce from the car. We'll probably put a different tyre on it. The tyre, Dunlop do an amazing job, but the, the tyre is, uh, it, it suffers when it gets hot and we, we can't follow closely. That's partly error. But we'll do we'll tweak all these things in, in together as a for as an overall package. Um, but it's work in progress. I mean, this one thing that's that's going on the COVID thing has given us a bit of time at the moment. So the design is coming on very fast. We're putting in a lot of hours into it at the moment. Um, hopefully next year we'll obviously be testing and we'll do aero tests and all these things. It, it's not going to be introduced until 22, but there's definitely some time and energy going into it at the moment from a planning phase and a design phase. Uh, Lee, how do you respond to what you've heard there from Adrian and, and the, the direction that we're heading there? Um, there's probably some stuff there that maybe clarified things that you'd heard and thought about, Lee? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we haven't, I haven't been focused on the new car, <laughs> uh, but but to hear that stuff is, um, is a bit of peace of mind, I think, you know, knowing that, it's in the right hands and, and we are actually doing what I would have thought is the right direction as well. You know, taking some more downforce off the car um, and allowing us to follow more closely will, will, you know, um, promote better racing and, and also the tire talk as well that Adrian touched on. I think that's, um, you know, to, to produce a tire that, that can withstand a bit more heat um, is a good thing as well. So, yeah, I think it's great. You know, what, one one last question I probably have for Adrian is: um, Are the manufacturers interested at the moment in in where we're heading with that new car? There's definitely a couple um, that have expressed an interest. I think they're probably at the point where they're waiting for us to get a bit further down the road with our with our concept, so we can actually show them a little bit more material and and probably home in a, a little bit more on our design and the direction that it's going in before we can really 
put a, a proper teaser in front of them. But you know, the hundred percent, there's been there's some interest. Um, not only that, I mean, there's actually drivers and there's teams. There's you know, there's teams talking to us saying, "You carry on, you guys carry on going the way you're going." Then we're interested. We want to come into the sport. So there's a lot of good things. I mean, in this crazy time at the moment where everyone everything's doom and gloom. There is actually some really good stuff going on behind the scenes that, you know, it, it keeps you motivated. It keeps you sort of sane. It, it keeps you believing and knowing that there's still a good future for this category. And there is. I mean, we, we've got some incredibly intelligent people and some great teams and some great team owners and some fantastic drivers in this series. And some days we probably don't acknowledge that enough. You know, some of our drivers that have gone overseas, that's sensational. They're winning class races, big, big, big world events and we don't always appreciate that because we're too busy looking at ourselves but our touring car series is the closest thing in the world you know the other series don't come close to this so let's not lose sight of this it hasn't broken can we make it better yes we can make it better and can we open the door a little bit for more manufacturers and more teams and yes and, and team owners and that's there's a couple of the sort of key working assumptions that sit in the background um and hopefully that is the end product or the byproduct of what comes out of what we deliver. So, you know, it's exciting. There's a lot of work going on. We, we were tie testing in the middle of all this. We were tie testing three weeks ago, you know, with two of the teams. So we, the work is always going on. Uh, it's not always in the public eye and you don't always get the result you want, but you'd learn, you get knowledge and you learn from it. So if it stops us making, stops us going down a path we don't need to go down, then you've learned something from it. So, we're just in that phase at the moment. We're working hard with the homologation teams and the Gen 3 committee to bring all this together. Um, price point is a big part of that. You know, we want to produce a car that's A, reliable, it's safe, it's going to give us good racing, but we want to do it at the right price. At the moment, our cars are very expensive and we've allowed them to get expensive, rightly or wrongly. Um, so that's a key, key working assumption that we've got, you know, set in stone and everyone's agreed on it. So it's good. There's some good things happening. I wish we could tell you everything, but we can't. At the Go moment. for it. Do it. You've got the platform. We're all ears. Like I said earlier, I want to keep my job as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the number one goal for all of us at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Adrian, you speak about um, achievements of Aussies overseas. I know you've got time pressures. I think we've heard a few emails come through while we've been chatting. But Daniel <laughs> Ricciardo, uh, he loves a supercar. He's had a drive of one. We've seen that before here. Heading to McLaren, a place that you know well and you have history with, as our astute listeners would, would well know. What did you make of, of that decision and how they're progressing? It looks pretty promising. I think it's great. I mean, McLaren are having a, a good time. There's a little bit of a resurgence there. They've got a good drive lineup already, and it's probably only going to get better when uh, Dan's in there. I mean, Lando, I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit biased, obviously, being a pom, but Lando is such a character, but he's doing a fantastic job. And clearly, the team is is going the right way. They're going to be excited, no doubt, about putting a Mercedes power plant in the back of their car. Um, is it? Does it mean you're going to turn into a winner? No, it doesn't, because it's, it puts a massive strain on the system, changing an engine in a in a chassis, especially at that sort of level of, of team. So does it mean they're going to take another step forward, hopefully in the long run, in the short term? Who knows if they, if they come out with the right widget and hit the nail on the head in year one, then great. They could be, uh, they could be up there challenging Mercedes, but um, it's tough. It's funny. When I was my time at McLaren, we went through five different engines in five years. And I, I can truly attest to the amount of work and strain that it puts into every department in the building. Um, it's a big task. 
Um, but these guys, the teams are huge now compared to when I was there. But um, he'll be good. Dan will be good. They'll love him. His character, he's a, you know, he's a typical Aussie. He'll go well with uh, Lando. I think they'll be two. They'll be a really strong driver lineup. Uh, just hope they can give him a car. It's painful not seeing McLaren when I do. You know, there's a bit of McLaren in me still. So I'm, yeah, I love seeing those guys go well. Well, this weekend you can see yeah, it all on Fox Sports, of course, too. We've got MotoGP, F1 and Supercars. I'll get the plug in there, Lee. Sorry to speak over you. But um, <laughs> Adrian, thanks for your time today. We appreciate you giving it to us, but also just your insights and uh, everything that you're doing for the sport in, in very difficult circumstances. And I'm sure a lot of it goes unnoticed and, and unrewarded. And that's not why you do it, but we appreciate uh, the hard work from all of your team in, in keeping the show rolling and being so flexible. Thanks, Dubsy. You know, can only do it with the people that you're doing it with. And uh, I've got a great team, but equally, we've got great teams that we work with. So, you know, thank you for your comments. But I thank the teams for playing their, their part in this as well. So let's go racing, eh? Absolutely. We'll catch up with you again soon, Adrian. Good stuff, buddy. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Adrian. All right, that brings us to our second guest for this week's episode. From Penrite Racing, it's Anton Di Pasquale. Anton, how are you, mate? How's life in Darwin treating you? Yeah, it's good. Um, We've made the trek up north. The further into the year we get in, the better the the weather's getting. Um, So, obviously, you have to do a few days of quarantine and all that stuff. But now we're we're free and we're looking forward to the racing. What have you been up to, Anton? I see that uh, you've been out on some fishing charters and that sort of thing. Um, how's the fishing going? Have you, what did you catch and, and how big? Uh, yeah, I've never been fishing before in my life. And the, sec- the first time I held a rod within two minutes, I've caught like the second biggest red emperor in the Northern Territory or something. So <laughs> yeah, we're, we're having a good time. Give um, yourself a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got this fishing thing yeah. down, Pat, you're already explaining that they're bigger than what they actually were. <laughs> pretty good. They're pretty good. There's, when people are saying it looks photoshopped and it looks fake and it's not real, then you've obviously done a good job. So um, <laughs> we had a good time. Yeah, it was, I've never been fishing before. So while I was here, I've got a friend that knows someone that does heaps of fishing and stuff. So he, he hooked me up on his boat and we, and we went out for the whole day and uh, had a rip of time. Very cool. Very Mate, cool. Um, how did it start for you up there? And we spoke to Lee a little bit earlier on about the whole postponement, not knowing what was going on. I guess, I guess for you, you'd been in a hot spot, so it was even more intense. How, how'd you find that when you first got told you'd, you'd have to quarantine or isolate once you got there? I guess it was a pretty unnerving experience. Uh, yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, we've done well so far. You know, I've been sort of staying away and sort of doing all the isolation stuff. And the one thing that put me in a hot spot was actually supercars appearance. So I went there to do a, a thing for the Echo and it was like half an hour or something. And then that, that's what sort of landed me in the hot spot. So um, it was kind of ironic in a way, but uh, you have to do your thing, you know, 14 days in hotels, go racing. If that's what we have to do, it's what we have to do. It's, I've done worse things in my life and harder things. So um, I'm pretty used to traveling hotel to hotel and living in hotels and uh, getting on with it. So uh, do what you got to do to keep racing. How did it go down with Barry Anton? Uh, yeah, he's he's a bit more. He was a bit more on edge than me. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> he was he was he, he was winding him up to try and get out of there and and all the stuff. So, I think in the end he fought for all of us and uh, somehow we all got out. Luckily they dropped it, the hot spot stuff and uh, we're on. Yeah, good. And uh, so so uh, Barry's family are down on the farm at the moment. How how are they all coping down there? Uh, yeah, as a as a team, we've all got sort of left a lot of family, friends, all the stuff behind, like we all have within the industry. Um, me, myself, my parents still still working on the farm, still doing what they got to do. Um, everyone's family sort of doing, still trying to work and 
keep active at the same time with all the, the rules and restrictions down there. So I think they're secretly happy that we're up here enjoying and trying to live and race and do all the stuff while they're sort of locked down. Um, but obviously wish they could be here with us and uh, obviously the world was normal and we could kick on, but uh, unfortunately we've got to press on and uh, keep racing. Well, mate, the artichokes don't cut themselves. They'd be missing the manual labour from you, wouldn't they? Yeah, I mean, it's probably six months of struggle for the old man without me there. But no, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's fine. He, um, he, he runs a pretty good show down there and uh, he's, he's a tough guy. So I think it's just not being able to go out and do other things is what makes it quite difficult um, in terms of working and stuff. It's all, it's all much the same, you know, people still eat vegetables and all this stuff. But uh, yeah, not having me there, I think the house is pretty boring because I sort of bring the light to it with my sister moved out now. It's just mum and dad, they need someone to pick on all day. <laughs> and uh Anton back on uh back on Barry he is now engineering Dave so uh how's that all going along I, I know that Alistair's been a huge part in getting to the team to the point that they are now and um so so there'd be a, a fair uh a fair chunk of the team missing without Alistair around uh, yes, yeah, it's one of those things. Obviously, where we work very closely together between my engineer, Al, Barry, um, as sort of an engineering group, possible the data engineers, everyone has a say and everyone's sort of involved in what happens. So um, in terms of car speed and stuff, Al's still involved in all that and the development, everything still goes as per usual. It's just uh, more so Dave not having his, his angel in his ear. It's probably <laughs> what, what he's missing. Um, but yeah, it's obviously Al brings a whole lot of experience and he's been to all this. He's been through it all and done a lot. So you're, anytime you're missing someone, it, uh, it makes it difficult. But Barry's doing a really good job. He's done the job before and uh, I think he's, he's, he's actually loving the fact being back on the radio. Anton, uh, what did you make of Dave's news? Dave and Dehan having a, a baby. Is that a scary thought for you? Uh, not for me. Um, it'd be a bit more scary if I was having a baby, but, um, yeah, no, it's, it's obviously, it's obviously really good for them. Um, the Han's been wanting a baby for a long time, I believe. And, uh, Dave's been holding off, I think as long as he can, but now's a good time for them. So I'm pretty happy for them. They're, they're going to be pretty cool parents. So, uh, that kid's going to have a cool life. Uh, no, I meant scary, just the thought of having another little Dave in another <laughs> workshop at your feet. <laughs> um, your season in, in general, mate, a podium last outing in Sydney. Lee got one up on you there, you had a couple of them. But how's it coming together so far? It seems it's been um, good at times, challenging at others. Um, yeah, it's been okay. Uh, when we had to go to Sydney again as a team, that's not generally a good place for us. We've never had good luck there or good speed. So um, to get a podium was was a sort of tick for the team. Um, but now we've done the flip of that. We're going to Darwin for two in a row, which we are known for going pretty well in Darwin. Dave's had a few wins and I've sort of had a few breakout results here. So this is sort of a happy hunting ground for us. So on the flip of two weeks of SMP, which we don't like, we're going to Darwin and then Townsville, which we, we generally do. So it's, it all works out. How do you think you'll go uh, in general with this with the setup at, at Darwin? Lee, you might jump in here as, as well. Is there anything you want to know about uh, how they un unlock the potential of the car yeah. at Darwin yeah. and, and what you guys are expecting? Yeah, if you don't mind just yeah, <laughs> just telling us what setup you're running, what role centre. Yeah, just and... it, it, it drop your email or to send the whole sheet. No worries, mate. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, it, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's just one of those places. We usually go good here. Tracks are similar. I don't know. It's just one of those things. Cars have strengths and weaknesses. Particularly cars are good here too, so you can't can never count those boys out. So is everyone else. So it's just, it's just one of those things week on week and 
year on year. It's still very different to last year. So we'll roll out and hopefully our thing's good and uh, go from there. What what sort of things were you struggling with at, at SMP? Um, I'm actually not, we're not like we've just general, like everyone else, the same stuff, but for some reason our cars just don't make that much grip around there. We just don't go that fast. Um, like we were, our thing was pretty good in the end, but it took us two weeks straight of trying things and changing things and doing everything we possibly could to get close. And we still went there. So um, it's still attracted to our, our sort of weakness for us, but we're better than where we were. Still a long way to go in this season, Anson. Do you know what you're doing next year yet? Uh, at the moment, I know what I'm doing next week and that's about it. <laughs> so in terms of next year, um, there's there's not much going on there. Like it's obviously... So it's so much changing even week on week. You can't predict too much. So uh, next year chats, I reckon, will come once things calm down and there's still plenty of time. We're only halfway through this one. So when do you think you'll, you'll know or you'll start those conversations? You're talking weeks, still, still months? Uh, I'm not sure. I, th- I think that stuff just sort of works itself out. Obviously, the key to all that is go good on track and you know the rest of life becomes a bit easier. So um, the key is to go out there and go well. And then not, you shouldn't have to stress too much about anything else. Can Erebus still run three cars next year in the current climate, given financially the pressures on everyone? Uh, that's that's uh, that's a Barry question, uh, Barry, <laughs> Shannon, or Betty question. Um, but yeah, I mean they've always been pretty vocal that they're they're keen to move into three cars and more cars and things like that. So um, that's a decision that, that's up to them. Um, but I'm sure we'll have that conversation at some point. But yeah, I mean, they've been very open to it, but that's definitely not a me question. I'm not, uh, I'm not yeah. looking at the books. I'm just driving the car. Yeah. And just finally on, on that one, Scott, everyone was saying, you know, Scott was going to go and, and we know that, uh, that they rate you highly at, at the Shell V Power team. The fact that it appears like he won't be able to go now, does that give you less, less options for next year now? Uh, no, I, I don't. I mean, like, like I said, I haven't really gone down that path yet. Um, I'll just leave it up to the racetrack and sort of work it out there. But what everyone else is doing and what I'm doing, you know, it's all, everyone does their own thing. So you can't really predict too much. You just got to do your own thing and uh, let it work out. Anton, uh, we, it's uh, no secret you're pretty good mates with Morris and he's expressed a bit of interest in getting back in the sport at some point and maybe running a team one day. Um, how would you like to drive for the dude? Um, yeah, he's he's obviously mentioned that he would like to get back into it. And I think uh, the way the category is going and reducing costs and stuff will become pretty appealing to him, himself and a lot more other people. There is other people where if it dropped down a price range, they would be pretty interested in running teams, I think. Um, so racing for Paul has always been good. I spent a lot of time with him. Um, so, I mean, anyone, I think most drivers wouldn't mind racing for him the way he goes about his racing. So um, we'll see what he does in the future with that. But uh, yeah, he's been pretty vocal and uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a, very good operator. We had pretty good success in, in, in racing before and he's got me to where I am now. So, um, but at the same time, he's, uh, he's just looking out for my best interest. What is it yeah, about him? Yeah. His, his ability to, to pick talent. Obviously, he seems like a great character. He's got everyone's respect, but what he's got running up there is, is really cool, isn't it? It seems the camaraderie, there's a lot of fun, but there's a lot of learning that's going on. He's a real talent whisperer, right? Um, yeah, I think it's, it's worked out really well. So obviously he's had the facility for a long time. And then, um, when I come back to race in super two, uh, we worked together a lot and then a few other people started working with him and then 
so on, so on. And then we built up this sort of like a core group of people there that we all sort of lean on each other and uh, make each other better. And then now, um, you know, and now Paul Sun's racing and we're having a really good time going racing. So um, uh, that comes out basically as you know, a group of people that are coaching these young kids and it's sort of known now the place to go if you want to get assessed or know if you're any good or get better or whatever. You've got to go by Norwell and uh, have a swing in the car with someone because they're going to let you know. So... Um, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool thing. And the whole vibe there, every time you go, there's flat out, there are heaps of kids, there are heaps of young racers. And it's really cool seeing them racing, jumping in cars with random people you never met before. And as and when you do teach them, you actually learn a lot yourself as well as teaching yourself. When you do drive, you can learn from other people. And some young random kid from New Zealand or something does something different to what we do here or, or whatever. And you can and you can pick that up and uh, it all adds adds to it. What about a little bald guy from uh, Bayside? Would he be invited to, to come along and have a bit of a steer with a Mustang there? <laughs> don't know well, who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, bold, I don't know if he's... <laughs> um, I mean, anyone's welcome. I'm not going to give him the tips, but we'll take his money. <laughs> there you go, Lee. The challenge has been set. Uh, you know what? Well, I used to go out there with uh, with my brother and my dad each year, and we'd have the Holdsworth Family Cup, and yeah. um, no no guesses for no no prizes for guessing who won that one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, it's quite a, a cool thing. It's quite a cool thing. Yeah, it's um, it's a great facility. There's not many places you can go and say on a. Friday afternoon, there'll be myself, Shane, Chaz, Lee could be there, and Paul's there. There's a group of 10 dudes and then just some punters that have been there through the day learning and we just do a whole shootout and everyone has, has a pretty good time. There's not many places like that in the world where it's quite relaxed and you can just go head to head with some of the best drivers in the country. Anton, you'd be pretty happy. And as you said, you're, you're familiar, you've traveled a lot in Europe. So this, this is not um, a real different scenario for you. And unlike Lee and some of the others, you don't have the the kids and all that yet to have to be thinking about as part of the scenario. Um, in terms of moving forward, QR, you'd be happy to, to go there and, and a finale at, at Bathurst. We'll get your thoughts from our discussion earlier with Adrian. Um, yeah, I mean, like if someone said to, well, if someone says to me now or any time in my life previously, you're going to go on the road race and pack a couple bags and go to hotels and race and race and race and race and do all that. It's a dream come true and you sign straight away. So uh, for me, you know, I'm, I'm having a good time. Um, obviously it's hard on a lot of people with families and stuff like that, which I get. Um, but yeah, I think while we are doing this, the more racing we can do, the better, of course. Um, so any track is, uh, is I'm happy to go to. There's no sort of limit to it. Yeah, cool. Hey, Anton, thank you very much for your time today. Unfortunately, we didn't actually awesome. ask you about the contract in the future, but you've played it like a pro. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we, we appreciate your time. Always good fun catching up with you. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Good on you, mate. Cheers. All right, a little bit more to get through. It is that time of the episode where we turn to the lethal weapon. It's time for the nice guy of supercars to fire up. It's the Loud Pedals Lethal Weapon. Yes, well, not much, uh, not much racing going on at the moment, but um, there's been a fair bit of fishing going on up here in Darwin. So I thought I'd just, um, I'm calling bullshit <laughs> on some of the drivers' posts. I reckon they're holding the, the, the fish a little too close to the camera <laughs> um, or else there's a bit of photoshopping going on because I caught some pretty bloody big fish 
And then just so happens that the next day after I posted my photo, people have got much bigger fish. And, uh, and I was told that I've, you know, they haven't seen fish that big in a, in a long time. So by the locals. So, um, yeah, pull your fingers out boys. Cause <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not fake. Our, our social media is not meant to be fake. Um, you know, I'm, I'm all real with my stuff. So it's a bit of a, a joke. Pun? You're all real. Bit of a joke. I'm uh, all real. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah, exactly. So that's all I got, but yeah, I think it's poor form. Fair enough. Well, we, we already discussed that a little bit earlier on too, didn't we? Anton, he reckoned his wasn't fake, but you're yeah. Oh, biggest so. one, biggest one in the Northern Territory. Yeah, ever right. You know yeah, mean, right. <laughs> yeah, we all to the camera. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and mate, uh, and this lethal weapon was brought to aspire a new sponsor. You've engaged a, a partner on board for the lethal weapon here on the loud pedal podcast as well, Lee. Yeah, so uh, they've they've sponsored the show this week. The big picture people—they've been with me a long time, but um, these guys have been amazing, and and they're the they're the experts in home cinema. And to be honest, there's no better time for them to bring out a deal <laughs> than while everyone's in isolation, and you know they'll get their their uh, their fix of racing this weekend. But they could get it on a 4K three meter screen with subwoofers. Mm. And uh, really feel like you're actually there. You can feel the roar of the V8s coming through your lounge room. So get onto it, guys. There's uh, a ripper deal. Um, massive, massive savings. And you can check it out either through my Instagram. Uh, you, you can get the link on my, on my profile. Or, Stubbsy, you know how to throw this one because I don't That's really right. know how people get it through iTunes. You're, but, uh, <laughs> you're a podcast dinosaur, mate. So yes. open up the episode <laughs> here for this week and the link will be there as well so you can get through to it and have a look at what's on offer. And like Lee said, no better time than right now to be sitting back here in Victoria in particular and uh, having the best experience possible in your isolation, that's for sure. It's called, it's called Lee's V8 Cinema Pack, and it's, it's exclusive to the, to the listeners of this show. So there you go. Fantastic. I'm signing up. I'm just not going to tell the wife. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Actually, right, Tim, Edwards, yeah. Tim Edwards is even onto it. Is he? Yeah, yeah. He rang me the other day. He said, can you get me a deal? So he opened the I wallet. him up. <laughs> moss flew, the moss yeah. flew everywhere. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's have a look at the uh, championship standings while we're at it. It is Scott McLaughlin who's holding the advantage at the moment over Jamie Wincup by 107 points. Uh, then we go down to third place. Uh, Chaz Mostert, Nick Perkat, Cam Waters is in sixth. Dave Reynolds, Shane Van Gisbergen. One, Lee Holdsworth is in eighth and on the move up after this weekend for sure in Darwin. He's going to smash it up there. Mark Winterbottom and then rounding out the top ten is Andre Heimgartner. Uh, don't forget this weekend, all your racing is on Fox Sports F1, Supercars, MotoGP. If you're out and about, Foxtel Go, Foxtel Now. If you want to lay in bed and watch the F1s, as plenty of us do, you can do that, of course, with your streaming as well. Uh, Lee, thanks, mate. Thank you. We'll let you go fishing. Always good fun. Yeah, we'll have plenty to chat about next week, no doubt. We will. We will. We will. And great to have Adrian and Anton on board today, so we thank them as well. Lee, we'll catch up with you again. We've got four weeks consecutive racing, so we'll have plenty of podcasts to come. Don't yeah, forget good. to subscribe so you get the notifications when the new ones are out. Lee, take care. Thanks, Dubsy. Catch you all again soon. <laughs>